0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so happy that you're here today. Why don't you take your Bibles and meet me in a very prophetic chapter, a very prophetic verse. We're going to go over to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Jump into the, the chapter of faith, the hall of fame, and also the hall of faith. And take a look today at the life of Sarah how God made her laugh, despite almost her willingness not to, and how I believe God's going to make you laugh also. Praise God. Hebrews 11, eleven, Let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And as we jump into your Word today, we ask that your Spirit would come upon the message, that this be living bread. We thank you, Father God. Not a history lesson, although we like history, but Father, we thank you for a living word. We give you all of the praise. We receive it as thus. In Jesus' name and around the world, we agree and say amen. Praise God. Hebrews 11, 11. By the way, if you're getting that number prophetically, such as, you know, you're not trying to fabricate it or create this, but it seems like every time you turn around, you see 1111 or 1111, that's God trying to get your attention to focus on Hebrews 1111. From the perspective, the whole perspective about this verse really is that if Sarah got her miracle, then you can get yours too. Let's talk about that now. Verse 11, by faith, And you can't skip past that because Hebrews 11 is all about the accomplishments, really the extraordinary accomplishments of, in many ways, very average people who became exceptional in God because they used their faith. Okay, by faith, Sarah herself. Also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Now, I want to read this from a couple of different translations. One would be the NIV, New International Virgin, which is the probably the most well read Bible translation that's out there. I don't prefer it as my primary teaching text. But it is a very good translation, and I want you to see how they caught the essence of what is being said here. It says, and by faith, even Sarah. Let me just stop right there. That's really what the versions are picking up. The translators are picking up. And this is what Paul, who wrote the book of Hebrews under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is trying to get across to us. We are talking about Sarah. The woman who laughed at God's promise, and in a sense, although she did not verbalize it out loud, she basically said, there's no way God can do that. Woo! This is the woman. This is the woman that we're talking about. Now, let me drop down to the NASB, New American Standard Bible, which is considered by students of God's Word to be the most literal translation of the Bible, and it catches the same thing. By faith, even Sarah, I mean, even even Sarah got her miracle. We're talking about the woman that just, in a sense, you know, like, well, not even God can do this. When he's sitting right there, and he, God, heard her, Sarah, say that. Wow. But yet, Some things transpired and took place in her life that got her over to a point where she locked in on faith of what God had spoken, believed, and you know the rest of the story. But what took place to make this shift? What was working in her life where she finally, as we would maybe say, just got with it, pulled herself together, and really just took a hold of what God said? I think we need to examine this because if Sarah can get her miracle, which it and it was a it was a raw miracle. I mean, this was something only God could do. But if she could get hers, the woman who laughed at God and thought not even God can do that, my friends, God can do it for you. Woo! Praise the Lord! And this is why, out of many of the people that are in the great chapter of faith, you know, some of them are they have pedigree they have they they have the lineage they they have the the look they have they have it all going on but you look at Sarah and you're just like no she didn't have it going on at all (laughs) I mean she had natural things in her life that were a blessing but spiritually no no that she was not hit it towards Hebrews chapter 11 not with the way that she in a sense was living her life until Something obviously happened that propelled her into a place of being worthy to be in this chapter. And I believe that this is a chapter that continues throughout church history. And may your name also be found in that hall of faith. When it's all said and done, may your name also be there because you'll be able to say, yes, and I believed and I got my miracle too. Regardless of what that is, God can do it for you. So let's dig in behind the scenes a little bit and find out what was working to move her into that place where she just finally... Took a hold of what God said, took it seriously, and then, you know, it didn't take that long. When she finally bit, it didn't take that long for the whole thing to get accomplished. So, in order to see this, we have to go back to literally the book of beginnings, the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis. And I want us to go down to Genesis chapter 15, and we're going to start today in verse 2. And it says, But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? So, in that day and culture, if you didn't have a son, you didn't have a daughter, you don't have any descendants, well, your inheritance, your wealth, your possessions, when you die, you would just transfer that over to the most trustworthy person that you would know, and that would be the head steward. Eliezer of Damascus, who had served Abram those many years, then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. He's talking to God. And he says, indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. In other words, God's saying, he's a nice guy. Yes, he's always saddled your donkey, and he's, you know, he's washed the dishes, and he's put your tent up, and he's taking your tent down, and he's done a lot of good things. But uh, here's the thing with God. He only works on covenant line. He only works with covenant. And Eliezer, great guy, but he's not part of that plan that God has a covenant plan, and Eliezer's not in that. So good guy, uh, great guy, but uh, I'm not working with him on this project that I'm wanting to pull you into. So he's, he's not in the mix. Okay? Now, this one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Wow, that's amazing. So we see here that from Abraham's own body, and of course he's married, he only has one wife, that means Sarah's going to be involved in this. From his own body is going to come the heir. Now at this time, Genesis chapter 15, what we have been reading at this time, Abraham is now, or we could technically call him Abram. He has not yet had the name change, or we would call the name upgrade. He is now at the age of 75, and Sarah, who at this time, her name is still Sarai, her age is 65. And so when God gave the promise, we do see The slim possibility of maybe somehow in the natural, this thing can get pulled off. After all, it's possible for men that are older, you know, if they're still in so, so good shape, maybe, maybe they can still, you know, uh, you know, get their wife pregnant. But even if that could happen, and it is possible, uh, Sarah, she's still right at the outer edge of this being a potential possibility for her. But um, she has this issue, this uh, heavyweight issue. She's barren. And barrenness in that culture, in that society, was considered one of the greatest curses a woman could have to not be able to produce an heir for your husband because you're barren and something's not right with your inner mechanics. Something is wrong. That was just like um, it's like a death toll. You're living. But you're just you live in humiliation, and you see other families and other wives. You know they're getting they're getting pregnant, and uh, the, the 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 husband is happy, and the family's growing, and you're just outside of that loop. And it's beyond your ability to do anything about that. Well, even if something could happen, I know, who, do, who knows? Maybe Abraham tried to encourage her. Now, now Sarah, just hang in there. You know, science is working and doctors are working. Maybe they'll figure out a cure. Well, you know, not really. But, you know, there is encouragement. There is the potential hope. Maybe naturally we could still pull this off. But yet God said he'd do it. But you know what? You have to realize that when God does give a promise, I'm talking a very special promise, there's no way it's going to happen unless God does it and you lock in with God on faith. And you're going to have to use your faith if you really want to receive the things that God has promised you and that rightfully belong to you as a believer in Christ. You're going to have to use your faith because it says in Hebrews chapter eleven verse six that without faith it is impossible to please God. So you're going to have to engage your faith, and you know it's easy to just say that, say you know like Sarah just believe God. But we know that where you're when you're in the mix and all of this stuff with life is going on, you know, medical report saying you know you're incurable, barren, incurable, and and you're getting old. You get all that thrown in there, then it's not so easy just to rise up and say, I believe, praise God, I believe. You know, uh, in real life, uh, only... The real substance is going to work in situations like this. Only the real power of God. So we, we're going to have to find out how Sarah went from this place of being barren and uh, being old and the, all this, all these impossible scenarios, and then throw in her doubt and unbelief. How in the world does she end up in Hebrews chapter eleven? I mean, with people like Moses and Noah and her husband Abraham, uh, you could picture those people in there. But how, how did she get into a place like that? Let's talk about that as we continue to dig deeper. And may you also be found in that place of Hebrews chapter 11 as a person of conquering faith when it is all said and done. Let's move now to Genesis chapter 16. As we're going to chapter 16, we are going to leap 10 years ahead into the future. Uh When you look at it, it just seems like it rolls into another chapter. But when you study it, you find out that ten years have passed. Genesis chapter 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. And she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarai, this is what she does she's going to help God out. Yes. She decides God needs a little bit of help because now her husband is 85 years old and she's 75. Oh, yes. She's still barren. Never, never got that fixed. Never got past that hurdle. But now she's She's done. She's outside of the loop at the age of 75. No, maybe somebody in the 60s, maybe a woman with some kind of exceptional genetics could pull this off, but at 75, no, it's not going to happen, and the writing's on the wall. We are now in the realm where either God does a miracle or it's never going to happen. Uh, She's not really yet in the miracle mood, so she thinks she can help God out a little bit. Verse 2, so Sarai said to Abram, See now the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain children by her. And Abram heeded the voice of Sarai. Now, in that culture, if we go back to the ancient time of the Middle East, also reaching over into the region of the Mesopotamia, where Abram originally came from. Uh, this was not unusual during those uh, during those days. It, it would appear from what the rabbis teach us that Hagar was picked up from their former journey down into Egypt, which in some ways you could actually say that uh, Abraham kind of got booted out of Egypt because he was down there, and you know Sarah was very beautiful. And, uh, you know, they noticed that Pharaoh noticed that and uh, he wanted her and uh, Abraham lied and said, well, that's my sister. And then it just caused a big mess because uh, now God's judging those people and they're getting all kinds of tumors and sicknesses and all their women are going barren. And they're like, what's going on? And then they realize, oh, that's not his sister. That's his wife. And so they're like, hey, you need to leave. And, uh, you know, and so they send Abraham out and while they send him out, they they wanted him out so bad that, according to the rabbis, he was given many gifts. And one of the gifts that he was sent out with was a maidservant for his wife. That was Hagar, and so Sarah's thinking, "Well, let's just uh, let's do this." Uh, Abram you just go into my servant girl and she'll produce a baby and then uh, that will become our baby she'll still be the servant of course and then we can finally fulfill this promise now verse three then Sarai Abram's wife took Hagar her maid the Egyptian and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife now to be his wife but not in marriage there was no marriage and And He's not going to become the husband. Uh, This is still a situation where Hagar, although she's going to do this because she's being pretty much demanded, you know, to do it. She's not getting anything out of this. Now she's going to she's going to but legally and technically in that era. Uh, you know you're, you're still just a slave you have no rights you don't you don't become you know like a, a person that's now moved into a, a marriage status no you're still just a slave and Sarah is still the only wife who's married to Abraham and so you know she's in control or she thinks she is now the Sarai, Abrams wife took Hagar her maid the Egyptian and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And after Abram had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan. That's also how we know we've jumped ahead ten years. Now, so he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, My wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between you and me. And now, You've got a mess. You have contention, and you have strife. Oh yes, yeah, she's still the slave girl. She's still the servant girl. But she knows, hey, I've got something special now going on with Abram. I've got this leverage, and I'm going to use it. And uh, it, it was just, it was a mess. It was just an absolute mess. And so, when you look today at the Middle East. And you see the strife, and it's thick. You go to Jerusalem, and you can feel it in the air. This tension, this inability to get along between the Arabs and the, and the Jews. And you know people are like, well, what is going on? This has been taking place now for 4,100 years. Why, why can't this be fixed? Well, this all originates from this event right here Sarah's bright idea <laughs> it wasn't such a good idea after all listen here's the bottom line God doesn't need our help now he needs our faith but you have to understand when God gives you a promise he's not asking you to perform it he, we can't we can't be God God doesn't need our help all God is asking you and all God is asking me to do is to believe if you will just believe God He'll do what he can do, okay? He'll do his part. He'll do the God stuff. He's he's good at that. He'll do the miracles. All we have to do is believe. Now, yes, there needs to be works attached, but not works like this. This is crazy stuff. And that's why we have the problem. Today in the Middle East, and it can't be solved outside of Christ returning. It's impossible. It is absolutely impossible. Uh, the only peaceful solution is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And since you have many Jews and many Arabs that don't know Christ as their Savior, uh, it, it just continues on. All the strife, all the friction, all, all, all the quarreling and arguing and jealousy back and forth, it's a big mess, and it's still uh, taking place today. Now, We see here that this has now unfolded, and now the situation has not improved. It has gone uh, even worse. But God, if you turn it over to the Lord, he He can work through a mess. He could work through a wrong turn. Now, we don't want to make wrong turns just so we can say, hey, Lord, I made a wrong turn. Come bail me out. No, we want to stay on the freeway, the expressway of blessing. We don't want a mess. We don't want, we don't want stuff like that, these detours. But if something has happened, God's merciful, God's good. He can get in there and begin to work even through a wrong turn if we let him. Now, we'll come back to that in a moment. But let's continue on as we're trying to find out how Sarah moves from this person Of trying to do it in her own ability, trying to help God out, doubting God, and all this other stuff, to ending up in this special place of honor. Let's continue now in the next chapter, Genesis chapter 17, where more time has now uh, passed, more water beneath the bridge, and they've gotten older. Now, Genesis chapter 17, verse 1 When Abram was 99 years old, okay, so that would mean Sarah is 89. The Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God, El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and will multiply you exceedingly. Now, let's drop down to verse 15. Praise the Lord. We both know that they are in the impossible zone. They're too old. He's 99, you know it's game over, I mean he's, he's still moving around, you know, uh, probably can't see quite as good as he could earlier, probably has a few little aches and pains here and there, probably drinking prune juice, and you know they're just working their way through life, oh she's still barren, but at this point it's like who even cares, they're so old, you know, it's like, hey, you know, how is this ever going to happen, but verse 15 then God said to Abram. Now, up to this point, God's dealing with Abraham. He, now, now, we have shifted also into the name change, okay, from Abram to Abraham, from Sarai to Sarah. So, the upgrades are taking place. It's, it's starting to warm up. The miracle's getting closer. But to them, it still looks like it's never going to happen. Abram uh, or Now, Abraham is believing. Sarah is still pretty much out of the loop. But, my friends, God is working. Now, he's primarily still dealing with his covenant man, Abraham. That's going to change in the next chapter, but let's not get there yet. Verse 15, Genesis 17, uh, chapter 17, verse 15. Then God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I like that. And I will bless her and also give you a son by her. Oh, he's heard this before. He's heard this before, but it's getting re-edified, re, uh, re-strengthened on the inside of him. Now, and I will bless her, and also give you a son by her, then I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of peoples shall be from her. I mean, these are wild. These are wild words when you're looking at two old-timers, and one, you know, the wife is barren. These are wild words. Prophetic words, praise God. But not so wild that you can't believe, because any time the word of the Lord comes, it releases faith into your heart. So this is a specific promise for them. Now, verse 17 Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. And said in his heart, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? I mean, he think, he think, he's like, hey, this is cool. This is hilarious. But, yeah, I'm all in. <laughs> and shall Sarah, who was 90 years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, oh, that Ishmael might live before you. I mean, Abraham's like, yeah, that, that'd be awesome, God. But, Lord, I just, this is just too much for me. Lord, let it be Ishmael. I mean, I've already got him. Let it be him. Let it be him. Well, let's see what the Lord says about that. Verse 19. Then God said, no. (laughs) Look, my brothers, my sisters, my friends, God works on covenant platform. It's not that he's got anything against Ishmael. He's going to bless Ishmael. Okay. But just, hey, look, Eliezer, he's not God's guy. Ishmael, he's not God's guy. God wants a covenant platform type thing going on here and he's only working on the platform of the covenant by the way if you're in Christ you are in the New Testament which is what the new covenant okay so you are operating on covenant platform and that's who God works with praise the Lord now then God said no Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac, or, you know, you're going to call, it, call him Laughter. Laughter is going to be his name. I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I've, I've heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful, and will multiply him exceedingly. He shall beget twelve princes, and I will make him a great nation. But... My covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this set time next year. That's a wrap on the conversation that visitation closes out. Very, very fascinating. So Abraham, again, is strengthened by God's appearance to him and the sharing of the word with him. So Abraham's like, okay, I just have to rule out this so-called option of Ishmael, I take that off the list. Now some of you, some of you because you think maybe you can still pull this thing off in your own ability. Maybe you've got like an Ishmael on the back burner. Maybe that's your last resort. Look, just go ahead and get rid of the Ishmael. You're going to need God to do this for you. Why don't you just realize that you are going to need a miracle. That That's That's okay. You can use your faith. You can trust God and believe God. God will do it for you. Just go ahead and lock into that. Get onto that covenant platform and get comfortable and stop thinking that you can figure out this thing and pull this off in your own strength and ability. You're not going to be able to do it. A true promise that God gives is something that will need God's help. If you can do all of this stuff in your own ability, what do you even need God for? If you could save yourself from your own sins, what what did Christ even come to the earth for? But no, my friends, there are things in life that are beyond us. We need a Savior. Everybody needs a Savior because eventually, if not, you're going to be faced with what are you going to do about your sin problem on the day of judgment. Okay, so that's why we want Christ in our lives as a Savior, as a Redeemer hallelujah as one who is the sin burden bearer praise God so that we are clean and that we're good to go in that area and then we have these other promises other things that God wants to work through us not only through the church as a corporate body but also through individual believers praise God and you're going to need God's help yes you are hallelujah that divine assignment you are going to need the miracle working power of God in your life to see it accomplished if you can do it in your own ability I doubt even if that's God's plan for your life. If you can pull this thing off in your own ingenuity, your own strength, your own resources, and your own ability, I completely doubt if that's even God's plan that he has for you. Praise the Lord. But when it has the miracle element in it, now you realize in humility that you're going to need God. And since you need God, might as well get rid of the Ishmael. Remember, that's the whole thing Paul got into In the book of Galatians, where he talked about the old covenant, the law... And trying to do it through works and, you know, how can we say, get to heaven through good works. And that's impossible. And that was a representation of Ishmael. But then over here we have the new covenant, grace, faith. And that's represented by who? Represented here by Isaac. Praise God. So two covenants. And God wants us to go for the true representation which comes down from heaven, the heavenly Jerusalem. These, those were types and shadows that he was explaining in the latter half of the book of Galatians. And that's why he was so into this Isaac thing, the miracle thing, the faith thing as composed to some, or excuse me, as compared to something that you can just do in the flesh, which is what Ishmael represented, the best that the flesh could do. Hmm. Wow. And he was a wild guy. He was a crazy guy. So he was not a covenant potential. It's not that God had anything against him, just that God knew, hey, that guy has no interest in me. He's not a, He's not covenant material. I've got to have a man that I can work with. And that man was Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And may you be that man. May you be that woman that God can work with because you are a faith covenant person. Praise the Lord. Now, we see here that the visitation that God had with Abraham is wrapped up. They got the name changed from Sarai to Sarah, from Abram to Abraham. Things are going really good. And now, so now it's time to kick it into high gear. Watch the, watch the amazing difference. Genesis chapter 18, verse 1. Then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre, as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat Of the day. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them, and bowed himself to the ground. Let's drop down now to verse 9. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? Ooh, look what they said. Look what he said. So he said, Oh, here in the tent, get ready. What's about to be spoken this time is for Sarah's ears, and she's never heard it firsthand ever in her life before. Up until this point, what has happened is that the Lord has appeared to Abraham. And said, Abraham, you're going to have a son through you and Sarah. You're going to have a son. And Abraham's like, Yeah, I believe it. And after the visitation, the Lord leaves. And then Abraham goes back and tells his wife, Sarah, God's, he's, he's appeared to me again. We're going to have a child. We're going to have our own son. Mm-mm-mm. And Sarah's like, That's, that's nice. I, 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 believe. Pray, uh, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's what I'm glad. Abraham, I, I love you and I'm glad you had another good visitation. But this time, Watch out, Sarah. This time, this visit is intended for your ears. Mm -mm. Look, look. There's something about faith that when you get it from God yourself, it does something to you. Oh, I like good preaching. Mm. Preach, preacher, preach, build my faith. Mm. I'm ready to do miracles. Mm. Teacher, teach the word, build me up that I might be strong in God. Mm. That's good. We need that. We need that. Jesus gave the five-fold ascension gift ministry so that we can do those things. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, yes, it's good. We need it. It's essential. But my friends, also on top of that, when you hear from the Lord yourself. Oh, not just through your pastor. Not just through the prophet. Thus saith the Lord. And oh, that's good. I, I, I like all of that. I'm into all of that. But when you seek God, and when you, with your own ear, hear God yourself, and then a prophet comes and confirms it. And then the preacher preaches, and it confirms it. And then the apostle lays hands, and it, it connects what you have already heard yourself. When your ears hear it. Woo! Game changer. Game changer. Well, Pastor Stephen, my my mama told me I was called into the ministry. Well, what has God told you? Well, I I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, then you need to find out. You can't live on mama's word, grandma's word, or grandpappy's word. You've got to hear from God because in the thick of the battle, when the heat is flying, that's not the time to wonder, am I even supposed to be doing this? Oh, no, no, you should have have gotten it all figured out before you started. That's why there are so many incomplete projects where ministers start something and they never finish it well praise God we have a beautiful sanctuary here now we haven't finished it yet it's been left half complete it's been 20 years now since we started it and uh we've we've never finished it and you hear stories like that and you're like what in the world happened? why because sometimes people get in the middle of something they're that they, they think they heard from God but then they get in the middle and then in the battle when it's tough if there's doubt and you don't really know, that stuff can really mess with you. Woo! Praise the Lord. So you've got to know that you know that the path that you're going and the thing that you're believing God for is thumbs up from heaven. Praise God. That you're dialed in and you have you have backing for that. You have scripture for that. But mainly, even also with scripture, mainly God, God has confirmed, yes, that is good and acceptable in my sight. I'm with you on that project. I'm with you on what it is that you're believing for, whether it's your own home, whether if you're single, it's for a spouse, whether it, you know it's for ministry or whether it's for a business or whatever it might be. Woo, praise the Lord. You need, with your own ears, you need to know that God has spoken to you. Mm. Now, the most amazing thing is, is that so often when you have heard from heaven yourself, So often, it's just just like confirmations, they just come so easily after that. Praise the Lord, confirming what God has already told you. But it's very important that we know what the Lord is speaking as individuals to us. Now, verse 9, then they said to him, where is Sarah your wife? So he said, here in the tent. (laughs) And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. You don't think the Lord knew that? (laughs) Well, of course he knew that. He's the Lord. And she's hearing it this time. Not through Abraham. She's hearing it this time. She's hearing God himself, the Lord himself, sitting there Right by the tent beneath the tree, and she's just on the other side of that little tent curtain, and she's hearing everything, and she hears God say it himself. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Sarah was listening in the tent door, which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed. Now, she didn't laugh like her husband did earlier. This is not like a, oh, that's, oh, that's great. No, this is, a laugh, this is a laugh of just like total unbelief. Like there's no way, like, like this is like, this is total baloney type laugh. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I have grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Mm -mm. Is it possible to stand right in front of Jesus and receive a word from him straight from his own mouth? Straight from the word anointed by the spirit where it it seems like it literally leaps off the page? Or you have a vision and the Lord stands before you, gives you a word. Is it possible even in the midst of something beautiful like that, exceptional like that, to still doubt Him? Oh, absolutely it is. And it should terrify us. It should terrify us that we could allow ourselves to be in such a place where we have gotten so spiritually lazy. Where our spiritual faith muscles or like an old limp noodle, and we're just sitting around not believing God for nothing, just waiting for a rapture to get out of here. Woo, praise the Lord. Well, may God put your escape mechanisms on hold, and may you lock in and dial in to the promise that God has given you, and may you be a person who says, Lord Jesus, I'm looking forward to your return. But, Lord, just give me a little more time to get this done. Lord, there's people that are not saved. I've got loved ones, Lord, that are not saved. Lord, I, I want you to come back. But, Lord, I've got an assignment that's not done. Lord, have mercy. Give me a little more time. I'm on this. I'm working on it. God, I believe you. Praise the Lord. Mm-mm. Not this laughter stuff that says, ah, oh, that's just total hogwash. No. Woo. No. Woo. God heard it. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Mm-mm. at the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. Mm. oh, so this thing's going to get done <laughs> Woo, God's gonna have to light a fire under Sarah and he knows how to do it. But Sarah denied it' now, see see when that when you see the Lord when you see that side of him all of a sudden you stro- oh I didn't know I didn't know he really meant this. I didn't know this was serious. I thought this was like some kind of a joke. Mm-mm. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. Some of you, you need to get wholly afraid. You need to stop playing around like this whole thing's like a toy. Or like, or like your destiny doesn't really mean something. It does mean something. That's why you're here at this time. It's important. It's vitally important. I would dare say that it's so important that if you don't accomplish it, there could be people that may not reach heaven that God wants to reach heaven. There could be people that could perish in their sins if you tore around with your destiny. You must rise up and be the man, be the woman that God called you to be. You're supposed to be over in Hebrews chapter 11. You're not supposed to be some kind of a loser. That is not your destiny. Hallelujah. I'm speaking to overcomers and champions. Rise up in the name of the Lord and take your assignment serious and be the person that God called you to be and get to work on the promise that God gave you. Mm -mm. You need some holy fear. You should get afraid. It's serious stuff to the Lord. It's serious stuff to the Lord. He shed his blood for you to redeem you, and he also gave you divine promises, great and precious promises. He would really appreciate it if you took it seriously. Mm -mm. He paid a lot for it. He paid a lot for you to step into this. Sarah denied it saying, I I did not laugh. She was afraid. (laughs) And And he said, no, but you did laugh. Mm -mm. and that wraps that up she's probably like abraham i don't want any more of these visitations you you be the one that entertains the lord when he shows up i don't want him talking to me anymore this is too hot for me (laughs) pastor Stephen, i i'd like a visitation from jesus he's got two sides he's very nice he's nicest person you'll ever meet he's got another side though he He takes it very serious, the way that you respond. The the greatest pain that you can cause him is to doubt him. The greatest pleasure that you can bring him is to believe him. Mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. We're almost there. Genesis 21. Here we go. Verse 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God has spoken to him. Verse six. And Sarah said, God has made me laugh. Let's look at verse five. Now Abraham was one hundred years old when the son Isaac was born to him, and Sarah said, God has made me laugh. He's going to do the same thing for you. Yep, he sure is. And all who hear will laugh with me. And yes, the same thing will happen. There will be others that will laugh with you and say, wow, well, we, you know, to be honest, we thought you were a little crazy, but wow, you actually pulled it off. Your faith actually produced this. And they're going to laugh, and they're also going to be thinking, now, hold on, if God did that for them, God could do it for me, and then boom, and it's this thing just starts going. Mm -mm. Seismic waves, shocking waves going out in the spirit caused by your faith quake. Boom. Praise God. You're going to pull it through. You're going to break it through. Praise the Lord. And others will laugh with you. But still, the main thing is yours. It's your baby. It's your child. It's your miracle. It's your victory. And you laugh best at your miracle. Praise the Lord. Well, how do we get into this place of Genesis chapter 21 where now it has happened? And then just outside of a year earlier, she's in unbelief. She's still not really hooked on to this. And she's just treating it lightly and doesn't understand really how how can we say the mechanics of God how he works that's why Abraham was a friend of God he understood faith and so he could work with God Uh, and, and if you're not willing to engage it can be very very difficult to achieve answers to prayer with God because He works on a faith basis, not only He doesn't even work on a need basis, and He doesn't work on a begging and a, you know a God, I'm going to just come before You and grovel and beg. He doesn't work on that type of a platform. He works on a faith platform. So what happened where she just got with it? What what happened? Well, I think one of the things that happened was that encounter. I think it shook her up. She realized, hey, this thing's not a joke. This is real. I've never encountered the Lord before this, and I'm like. Wow, that, that shook her up. I think it really did. God means business. Time is short. And she was on a prophetic calendar. God had to get her there. And he had to light a fire under her. So what was said in that visitation, again, with Abraham, though, that last visitation was intended for her ears. May your ears hear something that awakens your faith to really pursue the dream. The vision, the miracle that God has put in your heart. May your ears hear a word that just light you on fire with faith. Woo. Praise God. Get ready. We're coming in the Pentecost. We're only about 40-something days outside of Pentecost. There's going to be holy fire. Praise God. Your ears are going to hear something that will light you on fire. Praise the Lord. Mm. Get ready. Praise God. So I believe that's one of the things that moved her forward. Now, remember also, God's Word is a seed, and the seed is sown into the soil of the human heart. And so when she heard it, with her own ears, not not just through Abraham recounting a visitation, but when she heard it through her own ears, God's word for her, that word, which is a seed, went into the soil of her heart. What was the word? You're going to have a child. And the Lord said, I'm coming back next year, and you're going to have a child at that time. Whew, praise the Lord. And that word goes in. And when it's mixed with faith, it will produce the full intended purpose. Now, these things are moving her closer and closer to full commitment to locking onto that word. I believe also she realized this is a specific promise for her. It meant a lot to her. And while there are many promises in the Word of God, you have to follow the path that God has for your life. You don't need to try to be like the other person. You don't need to try to copy them. God made us all originals. He made us all unique, and you're, you're best when you are, are yourself and who God intended you to be. So you have to be able to see what is God's path and plan, and what are the promises that are along that journey, and take a hold of them, and take a hold of them, and grab them. And it's good to have Scripture, that will support them, and it is also good to have the witness of the Holy Spirit that, yes, this is something that pertains to your life calling, and lock a hold of it, because this is in God's plan for your life, okay? Now, let's go on. I believe also what really lit a fire under her was this thing of barrenness. Even though she's old, even though she's lived with it all of her life, this thing of barrenness I think she was just flat out fed up with it. And she now realizes there is a cure. It's kind of late in the game, but there is a cure. It's God. God can cure me of this miserable barrenness. He can lift this thing off of me. And if he's going to give me a child, which he says he is, look, look, she's smart, just like you are, the gears start turning, that means I'm going to need my body to work, that means he's going to have to touch my body, strength is going to have to come back into my body, I'm going to have to be, have, uh, have, you know, the, the child is going to have to be, you know, raised and uh, uh, I'll have to, you know, eventually wean him and stuff like that, so I've got to have everything working, that means God's going to, like, take me back and take me into, like, some kind of of a spa treatment where he's going to rejuvenate me. And she's like, yeah, that would be really, really cool. That way I can live my life out to the fullest point, and I'll be healthy. And uh, wow, yeah, so that that starts to excite her, that the barrenness will be taken off of her. Oh, oh. Mm, but another thing we can't ignore. We can't ignore this. I think that the thing with Hagar, God just worked Let me say it like this. God wasn't working through Hagar in the sense where God's inspiring her to be jealous and do all of these things where she aggravates the daylights out of Sarah. But God allowed it. God absolutely allowed it. And I'm sure Hagar was so good at it that the way Hagar acted with Her and her son Ishmael, you know, this time Ishmael's 14 years old, and and they just drove and irritated Sarah to the point, she's just like, I've had it. I'm taking God's word. I can't take this crazy woman. This woman is driving me nuts. And you know what? It drove her into a place where she got so fed up with the barrenness and so fed up with the humiliation and the degradation and not being able to do anything about it except complain. How many of you know that doesn't do any good that she just finally said, God can do something about it. And she took hold of the promise. She took hold of the promise and the truth be told that when the baby finally came oh oh oh! even when the baby is being dedicated there's Ishmael over there mocking and laughing Mm, oh still doing a really good job of just irritating Sarah (laughs) but notice Hagar's work now is accomplished and what takes place afterwards look at Genesis 21 Verse 8, so the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham scoffing, and she just, she's had it. But now she can do something about it. She tried to get rid of Hagar earlier, and God sent Hagar right back. The angel of the Lord sent her right back. She couldn't get rid of of this irritant but now she can Hagar has served her purpose Ishmael has served her uh, served his purpose and now she said she says Abraham they've, they've got to leave and Abraham still didn't want to do it but this time Sarah prevailed it was God's will and then Hagar and Ishmael leave and they're gone they are completely out of the picture my friends this is very very fascinating how In many ways, before Hagar left, Sarah probably should have gone up to her and said, you know, Sarah, uh, excuse me, Hagar, we've we've definitely had our differences, and, you know, I kind of created this whole mess, but you know what, you've really... You've really worked in my life to drive me towards the promise of God. So here's $1,000. I'm actually going to pay you $1,000. You irritated me so good. You did such a good job of driving me almost crazy that it finally caused me to wake up and snap out of my whatever I was in and turn to God and say, I refuse to live in this type of a situation anymore. I will have my miracle. (laughs) Woo! Praise God Pastor Steve They make fun of me I don't like it you know what? They're probably going to continue to make fun of you until you get so fed up with it that you say, God, do something about it. God will say, believe me, trust me, have faith in me so that you can get the monkey off of your back. Pastor Steve, that ain't, that ain't nice the way they talk about me. No, it's probably not. It's probably awful. And, and, they, and they probably do it all the time. But you know what? God can allow that stuff to happen so that you will rise up and say, God, I've had it. I'm. Casting this thing off, and I am not allowing myself to be humiliated anymore. I'm going to believe you, <laughs> and then in a short time she's pregnant, and then flunk, out pops a baby. who Praise the Lord, God. God can light your fire. God can allow various things to transpire in your life to offer you intense levels of motivation. I, I I, don't want you to have a Hagar in your life. I don't want you to have an Ishmael. I'm just saying God can use all kinds of things. God can work through all types of things to get you to the point he wants you to be. And with Sarah, he had to get her there. She's on a prophetic timetable. He's already given promises to Abraham. This thing's going to run down through his whole lineage, and uh, it's going to happen through his son. So this thing has to happen, and it's going to happen. So God lit the fire under Sarah. It must have been intense. Praise the Lord. But when it was over, it was over. Praise God. And mission accomplished. And you know what? She ends up in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's go back there one more time. Hebrews 11, verse 11. By faith, notice, she had to get into the faith god's not going to give it to her just because she's abraham's wife god's not going to give it to her just because she won a beauty contest god's not going to give it to her because she writes nice poems god's not going to give it to her unless she gets on that covenant platform of faith and starts believing praise the lord by faith sarah herself even sarah Oh, yeah, the one that laughed at God and basically, in a sense, said, not even God can do this. Oh, yes. Now we know why she's here. By faith, even Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because because she considered him faithful who had promised. Praise the Lord. My friends, God has very precious precious promises for you I'm here to tell you he's the same God of Sarah not many times we say he's the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob and he is but let me say this let me say it a little different he's the God of Sarah (laughs) okay so if Sarah and we've seen what was cooking in her life if Sarah can end up in Hebrews chapter 11 and can get her miracle and it really was it's an exceptional miracle, and in some ways, I think it outdoes some of the other people in Hebrews chapter eleven. I mean, this is a crazy miracle. If she can get hers, well, all of the things that she had to work through and overcome, you can get yours, and I believe you're going to. Mm-mm. God's working. God's working. Don't ever give up on your dream that God gave you. Don't ever give up on the promise that God spoke to you. Don't ever give up on that divine whisper where the Spirit of God revealed something sacred and special to you. Hallelujah. You are destined to be blessed, to be a blessing, and your life will touch many. And you will laugh. You will laugh. Yes, when it when it manifests, you will laugh, and many others will laugh with you. So don't delay. Lock hold with God in faith. Whoo, praise the Lord. Grab a hold of the promise of God. Just like the Old Testament, sometimes they would run there into the the tabernacle of Moses into the tabernacle of God and grab the horns of the altar and hang on you're going to have to grab a hold of the promise of God and hold on and say God I believe you Lord even though I should die or perish I take a hold of you and believe this oh God hallelujah praise the Lord and when you believe him with all of your heart and trust him you will see that God will get you there praise the Lord praise the Lord. So allow these different mechanisms of motivation to inspire you to get up and get going. Woo. Praise God. Now, one more time, let me say this. Your ears are going to hear something that are intended for you. The Lord is going to speak something. It's intended for you and you're going to hear it and you're going to say, that's my promise. Praise the Lord. Remember, you will be in the presence of the Lord. I would highly encourage you to just believe it. Be like Mary. Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. Okay? You don't have to figure it all out. You don't have to figure it all out. God's not asking you to perform it. All he's asking you to do is believe that he will do it. Okay? Let God do the heavy lifting. You just do the believing. Praise the Lord. Father, I pray for your people that their faith be locked on That they be like a bulldog clamping on to a T bone stake bone, like the bone from a big stake. Thank you, Father God, for that grip of faith. We thank you, Father God, that even if that dog is lifted up, he doesn't let go, dangling in the air, that your people be like that. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you for this stubborn, unrelenting faith. We give you praise. We give you praise. Father, I thank you. You're going to make your people laugh. It will be worth it. In the name of Jesus, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now say this. Come on. Be bold and daring today. Say, I will. Personalize this. Say, I will end up in the hall of faith. Woo, praise the Lord. Say it again. Say, I will end up in the hall of faith. Praise God. Amen. It's being extended. Look, this is a very long haul. Okay? Very long haul. You can get in there. Praise the Lord. Amen. The angels are ready to help you out. Praise God. All right. Let's get ready to take Holy Communion and lock this Word into our spirit. Remember, 1111. If you start seeing 1111, that starts popping up. That's God trying to say, hey, look, I I, I did it for Sarah. Sarah got her miracle. I'll do it for you. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. If you're watching today's program and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you would really like to have a God like this, wow, praise the Lord. Now's your time to get your life right with God. Say this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I give my life fully to you. Jesus, wash my sins away. Save me now. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in you, just like Sarah did. I believe in you. Jesus, in your name I pray. Amen. And as you have prayed that prayer from your heart, and you now belong to Jesus, and he is your Savior. Praise God. Now, let's all together take Holy Communion today. Grab some unleavened bread, some grape juice, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We set it apart as holy. Through this prayer, we consecrate it. And we thank you this is the body and the blood of Jesus, our Savior, Father, as we receive the body of Jesus, his flesh, we just thank you, O God. We just thank you, O God, that you are faithful. We consider you to be faithful, that you have the power to get it done. Thank you, O God. Hallelujah. As we receive his body, we thank you that it's going to be done. In Jesus' name, amen, as you take it. Just declare God's faithfulness. Let's receive. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for its ability to forgive us of our sins. Brings cleansing as we call upon you and confess our sins. We thank you for purity and holiness. We thank you, Father God, that you wash all of our sins away, and that you cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, Father God, just wash your people clean with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, we confess any sin. Wash your people clean, O oh God, with the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father God, that we stand in ongoing right relationship with you through the shed blood of Christ. Thank you, O oh God. Father, we forgive anyone who has sinned against us. We forgive them and we bless them. Father, if there would be a, a Hagar-type person or an Ishmael-type person, and the life of that one who's watching, who's aggravated and irritated, Lord, we forgive. We forgive. And thank you, Father God, we also can see in a way how it's almost like they would, they would be like an employee. They're actually, they're actually moving us towards where you want us to go, When we see what you're trying to do. So we thank you, Father God, that you actually, in a way, make them serve us. So, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. We forgive anyone who sinned against us completely and totally. Thank you, O God. We thank you for giving us of all of our sins. In Jesus' name, we agree and say, Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Woo! God's going to make you laugh. Pastor Stephen, God makes people cry. Well, (laughs) God's a good God. God is going to make you laugh. God is so good, he actually told them, the baby, the child, the son that you will have, call him laughter. That's what Isaac means. It means laughter. Woo! Praise God. I see laughter all over your future. You may even want to write it over your door. God makes me laugh. Praise the Lord. He's going to make you laugh. You're going to get your miracle. Hold on. If Sarah could get your get hers, you can certainly get yours and you're going to. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye bye.